Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. All right. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, Samurai Brothers Wrestling, episode 15. And um, so, this, uh, Matthew, as you know, uh, we've got the World Team Trials, the finals, are going on uh, in two segments. So, the first segment was in Stillwater, Oklahoma. That took place on Friday, June 3rd. And the next, the second half of the uh, World Team Trials finals is going to take place this coming Wednesday in New York. So, Matthew, it looks like, uh, you know, as... As always, with with things, when it gets really competitive and when people are trying to get onto the stage, you know, it it can really, you know, people will push themselves to the limit. So, we saw quite a few things, and there were some people who did pull off some upsets uh, over those who had acquired their final X spot. So, just want to see how we're doing with that. Who is on the world team trials at least for the first 15 weight classes that were decided so well as you as you mentioned matt russ in some cases is a thing so yeah but i think this this is some fun and exciting times don't you agree yes all right so we'll go ahead and get into it then and what i want to show first is We'll go ahead and go to the results of the final X, Stillwater. So, I'm going to screen share with you uh, about this. So, give me one second here. All right. So, uh, can you see? Can you see the screen, Matthew? Yes, I can. All right. So. Uh, from USA Wrestling, it said that five series went to a full three matches, and uh, we have our first 15 on the world team for the USA. So let's uh, let's go through each of them. Then, so uh, you had so looking at men's freestyle first because that's who they have uh, listed. So. Uh, Matt, as you can see, uh, Thomas Gilman uh, is your 57 men's freestyle representative, and uh, he actually did quite a number on uh, Vitaly Arujal. Um The first match he won 12 to two, and then the second match he won 14 to do 14 to two. So I know that uh, in the previous, if we go back to the um, freestyle preview that we had. Um, Gilman was, he had also won all three of their matches, but, uh, only one of them was a, what you would consider to be a dominant match. So I think, was there just something that, you know, was a fire lit up in Gilman that, uh, you know, he really turned up the heat, uh, against our job. Well, this is one of those situations where um, the uh, the defending guy was just um, 
it's it's possible that the ring rust uh or no in this case obviously ring rust was not a factor but then also on top of that the um you know the the defending guy he didn't want to just go out there he wanted to go out there and dominate which clearly he did so more, more like making a statement yeah he made a statement yeah, two so texts that's that's a statement the only way in which you could, you know, get more dominant is like two pins. Yeah, that would definitely. So yeah. And I mean, he was just like, was "Oh, you're not gonna let me pin you? Fine, I'm just gonna run right through you." <laughs> yeah. So this is so now. So now Gilman leads their series five to zero, and um, you know, clearly dominant fashion now. So good for. I mean, well, you know, Gilman number one ranked in the world as far as the UWW is concerned. So I guess, you know, this shouldn't really be that much of a surprise. I'm just, you know, surprised that uh, considering how their last match was a close one, that then he goes out and he really, um, again, like mentioned before, he goes out and makes the statement that, hey, he's going to be the one representing the U.S. So Thomas Gilman, uh, 57 kilos men's freestyle. So now we go to the next one, 61 men's freestyle. And uh, Seth Gross pulls off the upset over Dayton Fix. Uh, Fix was a you know world medalist, and so that's how he claimed his final X spot. And uh, Fix did take the first match. He took it five to five, which means that uh, I have to imagine in this case it was a it was a last score um, based on that was it was probably criteria the, the criteria was probably tied. I'd have to go back and look at the match results, but here. You know, Fix did take the first match, but then it was um, Seth Gross who came back to take the last two. And he took it 5-4 to four in the second match, and then he took it 9-5 to five in the third match. So, Matthew, what do you think of the fact that, hey, Gross, is, he pulled off the upset here, so he is going to represent uh, the United States at 61 men's freestyle. And if I go back to the um, if I go back to the preview here, uh, the fact of the matter was is that Fix had teched Seth Gross 11-0 in last year's World Team Trials. But, so you think it was a matter of making adjustments that allowed Gross to take this one? Yes, and not just that, but um, making adjustments at the event. Like, he was just like, okay... This went went wrong in the first match, so I need to go back in and readjust, and you know, probably talk to his uh, his coaches and stuff like that. And um, clearly, it worked out because he, here he is, and um, here it was, and he uh, he got it. So, yep. So Seth Gross uh, making the the world team trials and. Um, uh, I'd have to go back and look at it because I know that I was seeing some articles writing about how some of the team members are making their first uh, world team trials. But, uh, again, yeah, this, this should be interesting. And uh, this actually happened again at uh, 70 kilos because Zane Rutherford, um, as you know, uh, from the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club. So, you know, you got Penn State versus Jordan Oliver of Oklahoma State uh, fame. And uh, it was Zane who took the series two to one. Now this this one went a little different because Rutherford 
took the first match. He took it eight to three. And then Jordan Oliver kind of, you know, he had a close one. Excuse me. He had a close one. He defeats Rutherford five to four, but Rutherford then comes back and beats Oliver four to three. So Oliver was the one who, uh, you know, was sitting in the in the finals. And, uh, you know, it's uh, he had not lost um, in Gallagher Eva. And uh, so, you know, Rutherford coming in here really um, having a goal in mind, and that was to defeat uh, Jordan Oliver. And if I look at the previews for, uh, you know, their, their matchup, if I, let me see here, I'll try and go back here. So, and uh, I think as we, as we both know, you know, it was, it was quite a, uh, quite an event, um, but Oliver was ahead 3-2 in, in their overall uh, matchup. But, you know, Rutherford has now kind of tied it up and tied it up where it mattered. You know, so now they're tied 4-4, but it's going to be Rutherford this time representing the, the world team. Um, what do you think he had in mind in terms of trying to unseat Oliver in this case? Um... Well, he went in there with his, um, he, he, you know, he, he just went in there with the mentality of, you know, I, I've wrestled him before. I know what I have to do in order to, um, you know, get it done. So that's, that's, uh, what he did. So, and obviously it was a close series. As you said, they're now tied up four, four, but obviously what matters is the last match, and he won the last match, which got him the the team trial spot. Well, and, you know, sometimes it's really difficult to do it on someone's home turf. I mean, can you? You have to imagine the the mentality behind that. I mean, you've had to, you know. I think you would probably remember from you know the the days when you were at Villa Park, um, and um, now I. I don't remember all the matches, but uh, when you would go out and duel people, I mean, I'm sure you won matches away from home, right? In duels? I won matches away from home. I lost matches uh, at home. So it all depended on the opponent. It all depended on how good I was doing and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, it's just a combination of factors. You go in there, you wrestle, and you do, you, you know. You don't let the away or home factor play into it. Yeah, so I think that I think Rutherford really, really kind of got that out of his head as far as that goes. Yeah, like my junior year, I don't think I w- lost a dual match. Yeah, I don't think I lost a dual match. I just went out there and wrestled every single time and I won. So. That's good. Alright, so yeah, Zane Rutherford gets his spot. So... Um, it's not his first time that he'll be on the world team because uh, if we go back to uh, the, the previews that they had, Rutherford did re- um, he did represent the U.S. in 2019. So just gaining back that that spot. So it's now his his time to shine, and we'll see what he does. So 92 kilos. Uh, this is the third uh, another 
series that goes the distance. Um, but it was, uh, unlike the, the previous two, it was the person who had the final X spot that did end up winning. So Jaden Cox, decision, Nathan Jackson, uh, two matches to one. Cox won the first match four to two, but then Jackson comes back and wins the second match three two. But then Cox blanks Jackson in the final match three zero. And uh, as you know, Matthew, Nathan Jackson is our... To, to you and me, he's been kind of our elusive man uh, because we couldn't really find him in any of the uh, listings and stuff. So we were trying to figure out where did he come from. And uh, But, you know, he got one up on, on Cox, and he almost took it there. But I think Cox really, uh, you know, he played, I think, he, you know, based on the fact that it was a 3-0 match in the, in the final match, you know, plays good offense and defense at the same time. Is that correct? Yeah, that would be the best way to describe it. Did we ever find out what, um, uh, how Nathan... He J- did? Yeah. You mean what Nathan Jackson did to, to qualify himself for the world team trial? Yeah. I still haven't been able to find it. Isn't there, like, an official match? Someone has to have an official match database. It's like, that's the only way that we're going to find out at this point. Because yeah, USA Wrestling... That, that one database that I, I found, that was only for, for it's called the Wrestling Chat, but it's only for MCAA matches. There's got to be some... You know, I think there's there has to be some listing for inter, for for other matches because I know that um what's it called the uh like there's certain international wrestlers on Wikipedia who have their matches listed like I think Daniel Cormier has his matches listed in addition to his MMA matches so someone has to know so we need so maybe just you know w- Wikipedia isn't the best place to use as a source but they list sources so that's that's a good way of like like um an example being that in certain summer paper uh in college when I do certain papers I would use Wikipedia as the point the research point and I actually using the references listed in Wikipedia was actually able to do a a um uh research paper on um a certain civil war ancestor of ours well, the regiment, anyways, but yeah. So. Well, yeah, I'm very sure. I mean, because I, I know that. Uh, have you seen Kale's page? Because it actually, Wikipedia does have all the results. Uh, well, at least it lists all 159 of his matches. Now, there are a few matches where the opponent is unknown, or the result might be unknown, but it it has everything on there. Well, that might have go back to the fact that you know certain schools may not retain their their may not archive their tournaments, especially those right. open tournaments. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, good point. I mean, gotta wonder how far back can you find records of, like, say, let let's say the uh, the Roadrunner Open that's uh, hosted by Cal Baker School. Well, like another example, you know, we've talked about, um, we've talked about, um, just going back to kind of a local California level, the, um, 
Tournament Masters Inc. And how since that's down, um, uh, you know, a lot of those records have been lost, and those goes go back. Yeah, they go back about two decades. Yeah. So. Um, but you know, the the only one that the only real tournament that people bother to archive the PDF for was uh, Five Counties, because I've been able to retrieve the the PDF of the of the brackets for Five Counties, but I've not been able to find anything else. Like I said, I'm. It's like it's got to be somewhere. It's somewhere in the the informational co- coding ether. So I'm ninety five percent sure. It's like if you talk to the guy, I'm sure he could find it. That's just. I should note that if, the, if his computer didn't crash. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, well, that, even that, if that it even issue. if it crashed, you could you could retrieve the data. Like it's it's somewhere. Even like if I was able to retrieve all the information on MMA Freak, like that's another example. Like for those of you who don't know, I actually had to do a lot of coding information for MMA Freak, and I'm not a coder. But the the tech guy that we had was just so busy on other projects, and I was you know he was doing this on a voluntary basis. I was strapped telling him, look, I'll pay you. Because at the time I was making enough money to afford to pay him. So I was telling him, look, I will pay you to do this. And he's just like, I'm sorry, I'm too busy with other projects. So I had to actually go in, retrieve the data myself. And then, uh, like with WordPress, they have something that's called, um, what's it called? Um, Migrating a site. So I had to download the files and then migrate the site myself. And then when I ran into an error, I had to figure out what was wrong with the migration and then make edits to the coding and then go back in and have and and finish the migration. That was probably the most challenging thing I've had ever had to do with with coding. So if I could do that, it's got to be in there somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good stuff to hear. Um, definitely glad that you were able to, to get the site up and running again. For sure. I mean, you know, it takes, you know, whenever something gets lost, you know, especially if it's something that's, you know, people might be not be thinking about it right now, but, you know, maybe they might want to know maybe 20, 30 years down the line. Oh, yeah, I did this. And stuff. You know, I think it'd be good for people to be able to look back on that. Well, and then so, also, and then also, you know, CIF. CIF has to have at least the postseason archives somewhere. It's, I'm sure that they do, but in their case, they probably don't bother to. Um, they don't bother to really list them. And uh, like, actually, you know, and if you'll notice, you know, you can't really find league results unless someone who is really active is going to post it. Like, I talked to I talked to the coach of the um, at Western. You know, nobody really asked for the results. He says he's got results from past stuff, but nobody asked him for it, so he doesn't he doesn't post it because nobody nobody asks about it. And I'm almost certain that that's probably the same with a lot of the other leagues. You know, they probably don't post about this stuff. Now, I'm, I'm sure it would be pretty cool to see if there's any, like, you know, for example, rule results and stuff. 
Well, one example. One example I'm gonna throw out there: the uh, the Century League. My, you know, back back when I knew it as the Century League. That's now qualified as the Century Conference. And depending on the sport, it's either gonna have two little mini leagues, or it's gonna have one giant league depending on the sport. So, and I'm well, sure is that, that because it's what it's eight teams now or something. Yeah, it's eight teams now or something like that. So. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, I, th- that's one of those things where obvious where that well obviously it's yeah well it's very complicated again because depending on the sport, it's either going to be eight, it's either going to be you know however many teams or it's going to be divided. So there's it's now the Century Conference. I'm just like you know if if it's going to full on be like a conference. There has to be a physical office. There has to be archives somewhere. That 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 uh, that, uh, uh, that entity. Yeah, the, the these these the, the any any kind of conference exists as a legal entity. So it, it's there there have has to be a physical archive somewhere of this stuff. They have to keep it. They have to. So it's a question okay. of where. Okay. Well, you know what? You just gave me some ideas because. Now that I know that, that, that means that I could try to reach out to the conference that, because I've been wanting to compile Coach Silva's dual records and, you know, all the results and stuff like that. Well, yeah, like this, Leah, well, yeah, if you want to do that, like go to the, the CCAA, that's a much bigger organization than a high school level. They have to have a physical office. I'm sure that they do. I just don't know how cooperative or, you know, how, I don't know, I don't want to say cooperative, but I don't know how how much time that they would use to answer a question about wrestling versus any of the other, you know. Well, you know, something that I learned um, when I took my journalism classes at your alma mater is there's a, something called, I, I I can't remember what it's fully called, but it's a records request. If, in fact, if and um, you should probably reach out to the uh the the um that office and ask about records requests because if you are if if you make a records request to a government entity because don't realistically those are government entities they have to they have to reply because this is done on the federal level this is done on the state level this is done on the local level okay Yeah, that sounds great. Well, that means that I could probably get a lot more information. Yeah, I, I still wanna. I'm, I'm still in the middle of trying to compile a lot of those records and stuff. For- yeah, like yeah, like um, uh, I I don't know if the same guy is still in charge, but he talked about how at. And uh, I saw the reward, uh, the awards. For- he runs the top community college journalism program in the nation, not California, the nation. He he competes with with pro with with 
journalism programs like NYU. So it's no joke. But SAC doesn't like him teaching his people to do their job, a.k.a. poke around in everybody's business. Like, there's there's several of the departments, like I said, maybe this changed when I was there, maybe not. And, you know, you you know as well as I do, we ran into problems, I ran into problems when I was at SAC, or, you know, learning and stuff like that. But if, if you, if, if you, if they basically have a lot of standing order with a bunch of the departments to basically not answer questions. If you, uh, but if you fill out a, a records request, they have to fill, again, they don't like that because all of a sudden they're, Forced to do it, so it's it's one of those it's one of those things where it's ironic how you know SAC they don't promote SAC they, they don't promote wrestling they don't promote the journalism program because they actually do their jobs they're successful but they don't you know answer the, the bureaucracy you know Vince Silva and I know Vince Silva that's one of the reasons why I have a huge amount of respect for him and I didn't wrestle under him. Very true. Very true. And I'm not afraid to throw the, like I said, this was this was a while ago. This was like seven, eight years ago or something like that. But I ain't afraid to throw them under the bus. <laughs> like you know, there, there was this time where we talked about what it's like. There's so it's like should we talk about certain stuff on this podcast? Should we not certain talk about certain stuff? This is something I'm not afraid to talk about. What are they gonna do? Yeah, we're just uh, we're just a couple of we're just a couple of guys. We're a couple of nobodies. We just like to talk about stuff, and uh, you know, hey, this is how stuff works, you know, in the real world. Sometimes people are are in a, in a fantasy bubble. So. Okay, we've seen it, we lived it. So, yeah. <laughs> We kind of went off. Nice we, we kind of went off on tangent. Where were we? We're talking about the final X. Yeah, we're talking about final X. So we just got done with Jaden Cox, um, you know, claiming his spot, uh, defending his, well, more like defending his spot on, on the world team. So and then um, the people didn't see it. So now we're gonna go to Kyle Snyder. Oh, we're talking about Na- Na- Nathaniel Jackson. Yeah, Nathaniel Jackson. The the mystery. Yeah. Yeah, our our mystery um, qualifier. So oh right, can, that's that's how we went down that that rabbit hole. Is that we were like, how? Yeah, where did he come from? Find out the information about the guy because he was never on the listing for USA Wrestling. So then he comes out in the middle of nowhere, and we're trying to figure out, okay, where did this guy come from? I don't know. But anyway, Kyle Snyder, um, you know Matthew. I guess this goes without saying. Um, he took Colin Moore uh, in both matches, 11-0 and 12-2. So, well, yeah, no, yeah. Surpri- no surprise there. He's the, the he's uh, yeah. It's it's been a while since he won a gold, but he's still the top dog in the U.S. So, yeah, you know, I mean, what more? You know, what I, I you know what I found funny is um, I think with Flo, Flo was really pushing. You know, at least when I would see a couple of these ads or I'd see some of these posts by Flo, man, they were they were hustling for Colin Moore. It's like, oh, 
is Colin Moore gonna gonna pull the upset? Well, I, as we've talked about before, it's like the, the fact of the matter is you're not going to see a non-biased um, news source nowadays. I'm Like, I'm going to be honest. There's certain people that I gravitate towards on MMA Freak, it's, and it's just like, you know, that's another ironic thing was that, um, you know, um, just going back as an example, when I was um, when I was doing the stuff at SAC – for the journalism program, they brought up a conflict of interest. The reality is there's always, always a conflict of interest. If you're involved in some kind of community, there's always going to be a conflict of interest. You'd have to be someone new, completely disconnected from that community in order to not have a conflict of interest. Yeah, you're right. But in that regard, you wouldn't, you'd probably be new to the community and not know what to do. Like, like for example, probably the only unbiased person who would like be reporting on, like chess, for example, would be me because I'm not involved in chess. But I know very little about the the. I don't know if you call it a sport. I know I, I very know know very little about the competition. So, but you have to try to make an effort to at least be somewhat unbiased, which is what I try to do on MMA Freak. Like, for example, it's like I may be a little biased towards Valentina Shevchenko as a fighter. I'm going to be biased towards certain wrestlers as well, but, you know, I'm not going to, you know. Going off, we keep squirreling. This is good. This is good that we can talk about this stuff, you know. Always good, you know. I mean, sometimes people just get so into their bubble that they can't have some decent conversations about stuff. But yeah, you know, um, Kyle again, he's number one. Uh, so I guess it's just a matter of matter not whether he can, um, I feel I feel like he's going to win a championship again at some point. Well, especially if Russia doesn't send their team to the world championship. Well, they can't send their team to the world championship as long as this war's going on, right? As long as, yeah, the UWW has a ban against the Russians. Well, and they're falling lockstep with everybody else, so... Mm-hmm. The, 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 yeah, um, unless... unless I don't know. Would they would they go as like the as like a non-aligned team or something like that? That would be interesting to see what the UWW would say about Cause that. Because isn't that what happened in the last Olympics? The Russians were allowed to compete, but they were they had to go under the Olympic flag. Uh, yeah, wasn't there though some allegations? Wasn't it like due to corruption? Or I thought it was. I thought it was PEDs. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, it was PEDs. Well, that happened in like they, they allowed that as well, and then they, there was another Russian PED scandal at this last the uh, Winter Olympics earlier this year. Right. Oh gosh, the Winter man! I forgot that the Winter Olympics happened. 
You know, something that was really weird. Um, the uh, I, what what I forgot was it the long jump. The, 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 I think it's the skiing long jump. Um, I, I, they, I think they, they did it at a certain angle to where you didn't see it, but it looked like if you looked at where it was, it looked like it was in the middle of a post-apocalyptic wasteland. It looked like it did it in the, it looked like they did it in the middle of a junkyard. Oh my gosh! It's like Beijing. I am. I. I hope you enjoyed having two major Olympics there. I. It's like. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's uh, get back on track then. Women. Uh, women. Women. Go to the women's. Uh, we're just kind of going down the list here now. So I. I. I was hearing about this one. So, Dakara Winchester ended up winning over Jenna Burkett, who was the final leg um, uh, opponent. And Burkett took, took the first match 6-4. But apparently what happened was that it, um, I have to go back and read about it. But And I don't know if Burkett took a shot or if it was a throw or something because um, it, from what it sounded like, Burkett landed on her head landed pretty hard, you know, like full weight, you know, kind of like a dive, so to speak. So um, she lost that second match um, by injury default, and then they actually had to they, – they did get an ambulance to the arena, and uh, they had to take her off. So because of that, Burkett could not um, – she could not – she had to default the third match too. Um, so this was more like a freak accident than anything else. Yeah, I'd, I'd be kind of curious to see what the actual match looked like. Um, well, we talked about doing we talked about doing highlights at some point on here, so maybe we should um, see right. if we can't look at that. Um, we've got a full line a plan for this week, but maybe next week. Yeah, I'm trying to find some matches here and there, um, but uh, Burkett did. Um, I don't know if she tweeted or put it on Instagram, but she did put out a social media message saying that she was okay, uh, which is, you know, in my mind, that's a that's a good thing. That means that she's, you know, no serious injuries. And uh, I mean, you and I both know it's like hate to see people hurt. Um, we've both gone through our fair share of you know injuries that have sidelined us from. Uh, you know, wrestling and stuff. So glad to see that she's okay. But uh, well, yeah, you you broke you broke a vertebra, and I fractured fractured. Yeah, you 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 I broke f- anything. Yeah, you fractured a vertebra, and then I sprained an ankle twice, and then sprained my back all in one season, and was still able to come back and uh, make it to make it farther than any other. Uh, teammate of mine and almost made it to state and you were able to come back and wrestle um at one of the most prestigious colleges in japan i know no one of the most prestigious high schools in japan second in in kanagawa prefecture too what year my last year if i had won that match i would have gone to the inter high you know that you know it's like I'm, that's another thing about that that um 
That's another thing about Japanese wrestling. You should have been allowed to go. Like every single every single level in American high school wrestling, if you play second, you're going. League. Oh, you're... Yeah, but see, but see what, what happens, see, the reason why they only take one is because you've got, you, you, you have 48 wrestlers per weight going. And you have to do, you know, you also have eight weight classes, so you have 300 some odd wrestlers competing. So I kind of get where they're coming from. I don't agree with it. They really should do something. Yeah, like, well, like, didn't, isn't there one of those tournaments that does, does a regional format? There's one that, in fact, it just happened. I'd have to go back and see what the results of it was. But yes, the Kanto tournament took place, the Kanto regional tournament. And this particular Kanto tournament has nothing to do with qualifying. It's just eight prefectures and the schools of those eight prefectures getting together to do their tournament. Like, if you really think about it, there's enough regions in Japan to justify having, like, a regional tournament and then enter high. So, so yes, there's, there's two, there's actually four national tournaments the problem I have with Japanese wrestling is that the only tournaments they have is the qualifying tournament and the and they'll have like a couple of regional tournaments and the national tournament. That's it. There's no nothing in between. See, the way that the high school season over here runs, you have all these tournaments and then you've got your postseason. So that means all these all these kids over here have had the chance to do tournaments, you know, tournaments that are being held practically every weekend, you know, aside from a few breaks here and there, you know, like January, there's a tournament every weekend. Uh, once you get past the new year, there's a tournament every single weekend in January. There's a tournament. Um, like, you know, for up to maybe the third weekend in December, too. And a few weekends in November. So you got all this, all these tournaments that you can attend. That's, that's, that's almost eight tournaments. If you really think about it. Plus duels. Yeah. They, they don't, it's like they, they don't do any outside duels. They don't do any outside tournaments. It's just four national tournaments. It's four national. Yeah. It's basically, so you, you, Four qualifiers, which obviously, and in, in in only one instance does the top two go, and that's the Greco tournament. But other than that, you have to win your weight class in order to go to the national tournament. Um, in the case of the Kanto tournament, depending on which one it is, uh, the Kanto tournament, you qualify top four. Unless you're hosting, then you can qualify top five. Um, and then the con- the Kanto tournament that happens in January, you qualify, I think, the top three. So, well, we talked we talked about um, how Shonan got an advantage because they had 
multiple duels with yeah, they had duel with the base team. Yeah, at the time they had multiple duels with with Japan. They went to multiple tournaments. Sometimes other teams would have multiple turns. What what Mitsu? Which one was was Wada um coaching at? Mitsu. Yeah, Mitsukawa. Mitsukawa even came to a tournaments once or twice. So those schools all benefited from coming to those tournaments because we know Shonan was ruling the roost at one point, and it's probably because of the fact that they got to get extra matches in with, you know, the base schools. And if, oh, if we're going to go another level, the, um, you know, the, the club, the, the, the Japanese wrestling clubs had got more matches, more tournaments in than, um, than, uh, than the high schools. They got, they got a tournament every month, every other month. Yeah, every month or so. And there's, there's not a lot of, um, And and I'm I'm always baffled by the number of tournaments or the or lack thereof uh, open tournaments for adults too. Really, the only tournament you're going to get in Japan for most of the adults are going to be the collegiate tournaments, and even those are kind of far and few between. You've got you know maybe a tournament or two in April and May. You know, you've got your open nationals, you've got, but again, I, I, I just don't know how they manage it, especially when you've got the women going out and winning all the world and Olympic gold medals. Well, I think we've talked about this before, about how, um, you know, women's, re- women's wrestling is realistically all technique. Un- until you start, unless you can combine strength with technique, which is one of those things that the Americans, American women, seem to have that um, that combination with. Whereas, yeah, the the Japanese women, they just go out there. It's technique. They drive, it's well. It's like they can't they they can't compete a whole lot unless they're the number one international person. So what do they do? Drill, 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 drill. They do all technique. And that's probably how, why they're, they're so much better than everyone else. Whereas, um, so the only, in the bubble, the only category in which the style of wrestling that they've done works is women's international wrestling. Whereas with men's wrestling, it's like they'll have... I think they used to... Didn't they used to be a lot better? They used to be quite a bit competitive, as far as I knew. Yeah, they used to be a lot more competitive when it came to freestyle. They're lucky if they can... They're lucky... The Japanese are lucky if they can have one male wrestler win an Olympic gold. Yeah, and so I don't know. It's like we don't... I don't know if this was more of a recent starting in your time issue... Or if it was just something where the world changed and athletics changed or whatever. But, and that's, a, it's another thing where it's like, you know, we, we, we are very aware of the fact that Japanese do not 
adjust well to change. Change takes a long time because of tradition and stuff like that. You know, it's, it, you know, they, I mean, not, not, I mean, just to throw something controversial out there, that's why they lost World War II. They had this this outdated mentality of how things were supposed to go. You know, the U.S. was thinking, oh, mil- uh, you know, military, air- uh, naval aircraft and stuff like that. Whereas the Japanese were in this old-fashioned, oh, naval warfare, battleships. Fat, fat lot of good they did them. The, the Yamato never really engaged any other U.S. battleships. The thing got sunk by 300 planes. Biggest battleship in the world got sunk by 300 planes. One thing, uh, one thing I had heard about is that how uh, the Japanese national team used to have, um, you know, they would either have like Russian or American coaches or you know co- non-Japanese coaches, uh, you know, coaching the teams a lot. And after they decided not to have foreign coaches helping out the team. And I think I had heard that from Yonotasan or, or someone. Kiguchi, maybe? Uh, who? Kiguchi? Maybe. I, I, I don't know. But, yeah, that's... Now, you know, you, you'll have you'll have these national sports teams. You know, that's prevalent a lot, like, you know, soccer or rugby, you know, that you'll have these coaches that are not... Of the nationality that they're well, let's throw let's throw an example out there. The women's uh, the women's uh, U.S. gymnastics team had the I think those Romanian coaches, mm-hmm. they, and they ruled the roost. And it's it's shown the the women's gymnastics the women's gymnastics team for the last five Olympics have won the women's all around and have been on the podium. In all the team events, some haven't won every single year. Like last year, they got I, did they get bronze or something like that? But either either way, it, that just just goes to show how that's um, prevailed. Now they had that scandal, uh, you know, recently. We won't get into that, but um, yeah, that's 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 one example. But, you know, the, just as an example for, you know, American wrestling, I think the national coach have been American wrestlers for... Uh, well, I, that's because they got the credentials. Yeah. I mean, we always produce at least one... Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sure who... I'm not sure the last... Yeah, I can't remember the last time the U.S. didn't have at least one world champion or one Olympic champion. I think we've always had at least one. Right. You know, you're you're always going to put someone on who's got the credentials. And I'm almost certain, I'm almost certain that they've been putting Japanese people on the team that have credentials to an extent. But are those credentials going to translate or are they going to... You know, are they going to transition with the team trying to, especially if they were learning an older style? Because a, a lot of times you'll see, I've seen how there's a lot of these old school coaches coaching certain teams, whether it might be their national team, whether it's college teams or club teams or whatever. And they go with a really old 
style. And you know what? The teams that are not going to adapt are going to get left behind. And that's why, that's why when I, I want to do a segment on, on this, this one, you know, I, the, the one coach I've mentioned, um, his name is Osawa and, and, uh, he used to coach at Kasunigawa high school. Oh, they this guy dominant force. They were the dominant force in Japan. Yeah. They won inter high. Like, yeah. They won inter high. Like what? Almost every single year. They, they won inner high, I think, somewhere around 20 times. And then they won the spring national tournament another 20-some-odd times. So this guy has 40 titles to his name. Then he has to retire from Kasumi Gauda. And, yeah, they've, I don't think they've won a national title since this guy had to retire from their organization. So then... Nippon Sports University Kashiwa High School in Chiba picks this guy up, and within two to three years, guess who's winning all the national titles? Well, that just goes to show how much of a good coach he is. So good. Sorry. That just goes to show how much of a good coach he is. There are just some there there because I don't think this guy did anything as an athlete. Uh, not to my knowledge. I'd have to. Japan does have good record keeping. I'll tell you that they 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 will list a lot of stuff, which is just interesting stuff. But I don't think I've had seen anything about this guy, this this Osawa. But uh, you know, on top of you know winning team titles, having anywhere from three to four guys winning individual titles. And a lot of his, you know, during his time at Kasumi Gauda, he had a lot of his former protégés that go on to be world team members, world medalists, um, Olympic members, Olympic medalists. So, you know, this guy, you know, has a very good resume when it comes to coaching people. Just imagine... Just imagine how good Japan. I almost would think if they would, if the if the if the Japanese team made him the coach of their world team, they could be a force again with this guy. Well, maybe he, he just maybe himself. he just enjoys coaching at the high school level. Probably does. They probably, I don't know if they've asked him. I don't know anything about it, But I know that this guy was very on. He was just good at his job. So, anyway. Well, let's try and, well, going on another scroll again. But let's try and finish up with uh, checking to see who's representing um, on the women's side. Uh, so, let me just. So, we had the freak ac- So, we had the freak accident. Yeah, Jenna Burkett. So unfortunately, she has to bow out this one. So it's Jakara Winchester. Well, who, she she well she has person. she has to bow out this one in terms of like, obviously she's an alternate, so she'll probably yeah, she have is. she'll probably get those international reps in. Yes. Um, so at fifty nine kilos, uh, this was one that did not. Uh, these two women 
were the finalists of the World Team Trial Challenge Tournament. So that meant that they faced each other this time. Um, and it was Abigail Medi from uh, Army who defeated um, Lexi Basham. Well, four and eight to five, so... As yeah, I recall, like these two had not faced each other before, right? Uh, yeah, I'd have to go back. Let, let's, let's look at what happened with that. So if we go back to... So, yes, these two had not faced each other, but now it's apparent who the dominant wrestler was. And it was Abigail Nettie. And uh, Yeah, the second match... This, yeah, this, the second match was a little bit closer, but still she won comfortably, so... Yeah. It's the, it's those army chicks. <laughs> so um then so then we have an upset at sixty five kilos because Mallory Belty um won against Forrest Molinari and she took the so it looks like here, Matthew, that Mallory Belty was clearly in control, even though she dropped the second match. I mean, you she won the first match nine to one, which that in and of itself is pretty dominant, right? I mean, an eight 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 point advantage match, you know, versus a two point advantage match is. She probably two. just had a bad, you know, second match. Yeah, so Molinari took the second match three one, but then Belty just really closed it out in fashion, ten zero with a minute thirty three into the match. So. If we go back to how uh, she had done versus Molinari, um, Molinari had was leading the series two to one, um, and she had won that the last match when they wrestled each other at the Yasar Dobu, and Molinari had won that match seven four. You think this might have been a, a, a just a bad outing for Molinari? Um. Well, if you look at if you look at Molinari, uh, you know, those matches were all close. Those two matches. So it's possible that Belty just made the adjustments, figured out what she needed to do, and just... Turned it up. Yep. So that's... Uh, so for the women, Tamara Menza stock at 68 kilos. Not surprising. Um, yeah, she prevented, and, uh, you know, Matt, we talked last week about, you know... Ring Matt, rust was not a factor. She had not she had not competed at all since um, since the World Championship. Um, but she did, uh, you know, and she did it in fashion, just like Kyle Snyder did, so... Uh, tech fall, you know, tech fall. Olympic, not a factor. Tech fall, tech fall. The Olympic gold medalist is back, so we'll see what she has, what she gets to do on the on the international scene for this year, right? Yep. So, uh, congrats to her. And then uh, two other match, two other women um, who I think this was going to, no matter who won, it was going to be their first uh, world team, uh, you know, qualifying for the world team. And it was Diamond Guilford who defeated Yelena McCoyed, uh to claim that spot. This, this was what's-her-name's spot, right? Yes, this was Adeline Gray's spot. Yep. Well, enjoy the time Gilford, off. Yep. Guilford won the first match 10-5, and then the second match by Tech Falls 12-2. So, 
And I think when they had Rust Bowl, I don't think there was a... Uh, so... Oh, yes. This was where the, the series was split 2-0, but um, Guilford, uh, you know, she, she really made it out to see, you know, for who, who it was going to be this time. So... So now we'll move on. Oh, so here's some. This, this is interesting. How the, this one, Max Nori. So we go into Greco, 55 Greco. Max Nori, decision Koontz, Brady Koontz, one one in both matches. Matthew, how would you? How that's, would you look at that? That's a close, close, close match. So. Let's go back to. So for all we, we know, there. we need to we need to watch we need to watch the highlights. For all we know, those could have been. Do they listed? For all we know, those could have been two pushout points. Well, I gotta imagine that. Do do we have results? I can let me see if I can find it on flow uh, here. Let's see here, final. That's upcoming events. That's upcoming events. Tournaments. It's Final X New York. Well, my guess, I, I have to imagine that the... Okay. Yeah, it was passivity. Oh, gosh, man. So, Koontz scored on passivity first, but then Koontz was called for passivity. Wow. And then Nori. <laughs> I got to imagine that's the way it happened in the second match. Is, 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 is the, uh, is. Yeah, it happened that way in the second match, too. I got to imagine Koontz was not happy about that. I can't imagine, you know, losing. Passivity is, um, uh, passivity is is the way that, um, it was done before the, the weird, the weird era, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you were, but if you were called for, if you remember in the, in, in the, the old days, if you were called for passivity, you were put in parkour. And that meant that the uh, your opponent had the chance to try and score. So now, if you're called for passivity, you're put on the shot clock, and then you have 30 seconds to score. So I'm very sure Koontz is not happy with that. The fact that he gets put on passivity, although I'm, you know, again, we'd have to watch these matches. If if we'll put them up, I can't imagine that they would put these up. Well, I forget. I I I don't. Th- right I don't think that uh, unlike Matt Lindland's uh, time, that uh, Koontz is going to be able to appeal this. Yeah. You know what happened with Matt Lindland, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, you'll have to reeducate. Me. Okay, so Matt Lindland made it to. I can't remember if it was Sydney or Atlanta, but um, he um, 
went to the World Team Trials, and something, there was a call that was questionable, and it went against him. He appealed, he appealed it till he exhausted his appeals, and then he took it to court. And the court found it in his favor. So he went to the Olympics and won the silver medal by going to court. And it earned him the nickname, The Law. <laughs> and he yeah. carried that into his MMA careers, Matt The Law Lindlin. He was part of... He was part of that original uh, generation of wrestlers who were um, uh, mainly out of Team Quest, who were just like, "Oh, I can, I can do MMA on the side and make money while I'm wrestling." Yeah. He was, yeah, he, him, Dan, Dan Henderson, Randy Couture, Pat Miletic, those. He was part of that generation. Back when you could get away with that. Nowadays, it's like. No, it's a full, it's like it's full time. You're doing one or the other. Right. It was a different era back, but yeah, that's that's. We'll we'll see how that goes. So at 63 kilos, Jesse Fielk uh, won by decision over Sammy Jones uh, in both matches. Again, close so but not. Um... Close, but yeah, just nothing that goes distance. Then you have Benjamin Pete. Uh, decisioning Patrick Smith two matches to one. Uh, Smith won the first match, but then Pete would come back to win the next two matches. I wonder how this Patrick Smith feels with t- coincidentally having a name similar to uh, the first four-time NCAA champion. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. You probably have to go by Patrick so people don't confuse him, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, John Smith's brother goes by Pat Smith, right? Yeah. Uh, so then you got Ben Provisor uh, decisioning Spencer Woods and uh, this uh, two matches to none, eight zero in the first match, five three in the second match, and then uh, our our probably our favorite heavyweight right right now. Yeah. Colton Schultz uh, decisions Tanner Farmer uh, five one and five two. So Schultz is the obvious. Um, Representative Greco, so uh, I would be interested to see how he does on the world stage. Uh, you know, because he he makes the finals, makes the NCAA finals as a freshman. So you know he's kind of young. He wants to see and, what he uh, can do. Yeah, you know, and and uh, I was reading about something else. So um, you know, at the same time, apparently they were having the U twenty World Team Trials which kind of works the same way as this, where you have a best two out of three. Uh, I don't think there's a final export, though. But then there's also a U23 World Team Trials. And apparently... And here's Colton Schultz, who could do either of those, and he's qualifying for the senior national team. Right. Colton Schultz, he can exercise... Depending on how you do it, the senior World Team Trials, you can exercise your right to accept the spot on the U23 if you desire, which means that so if you were not competing at U23, um, you could opt to compete uh, for U23. So, so it works a little bit differently. So he could co-opt whoever won U23. Right. 
So the person would automatically be bumped. Yeah. Oh, that would suck. Yeah, that would. Um, but I doubt he's. Right, I yeah, doubt yeah. he's going to. I mean, he's gonna. You know, he's. Here he is. You know, representing yeah. Greco. He's he's gonna go. All right, so let's do then a quick preview, Matthew. Final X, New York. So I'll start with uh, Greco. We'll just kind of go through really quick. Uh, you know, know, I wonder if, that. I'm going to be honest, I wonder if they picked that name because it just sounded cool and they're trying to, like, appeal to a I wider audience. If, um, like, Final when, X. Uh, when, I was, when I was trying to, when I put in Final X on here on Flo's site, they had it up back to 2018. Yeah, I saw that. So, that would be interesting. Um, anyway, Final X, New York, um, will take place on June 8th. And then... Uh, oh, wait, did they, did, did they talk about the true third match results at uh, Stillwater? Oh, you know what? That's a good question. doesn't look like it's on here, but I think it was on... Let's just let's just let's just do a quick round and then we'll do. Uh, um... I gotta remember who who was the. Uh, seven, eight. I don't think there was a lot, but. Oh, here we go. Freestyle two third. Oh, hold on, I gotta refresh this. It was. So Zane Richards, so yeah, they only did one match. So Zane Richards, um, Peck called Jacob Camacho. Oh yeah, and the the way that they do true third with this one was that the if the third place did not face the fourth place in the world team trials, then they wrestled for the true third. So which was which was not which was not how it used to be. It used to be a true second, where if right. the if the final if um the second place did not meet the third place, then they wrestled. So anyway, um, yeah, I think there's going to be three, and then I think the three matches um, will be held. Uh, the remaining three matches, it looks like, I think are going to be held at um, New York. Oh, so they they only had the one true third? Yeah, I think when they had announced it, I think they were they had announced that there were going to be four matches. So let's see here. So for 77 kilo Greco, you got Britton Holmes versus Kamal Bay. Ah. Uh, they have not wrestled each other at all. Two, uh, uh, two army guys. Yep, two army guys. So kind of hard to say, you know. Uh, I would probably say this is a toss-up, right? You'd probably say the same thing. Um, this can go either way. No match I mean, results, yeah. I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have the the credentials. And uh, looks like Perkins though was a. Oh, I'm sorry. So Holmes, 2021 U23 World Team member. Um, so oh, here's what per. Here's what Holmes did. He upset uh, Ravon Perkins, who was the number one seed, and uh, Perkins had, was a was a, on the Olympics team for 2016. And a Pan-American gold medalist. So, 
Holmes might have something, but let's see. Bay is a 2017 Junior World Champion. Uh, and uh, looks like he had to pull an upset, too, because he did defeat uh, 2021 Senior World Team member and the 2020 Olympic Team Trials Champion, Jesse Porter. So both of these guys pulled some upsets to get to this stage, as it looks like. Uh, but I think, so in this so case, Matthew, I think for both you and me, it's kind of hard to predict who's going to take this. So two matches or three matches? Let's go there. Uh, I'll say three. I'd say three, too. I think, you know, this can go either way, so... Something I'd like to know more is is whether Bay is of uh, Moroccan descent. Because Bay is used as a honorific in Moroccan, um, like, ethnic Moroccan, or um, Moroccan science temple. So he might... Yeah. Oh. I'm thinking out loud. So then our second Greco match, Alan Vera versus Timothy Young. Um, this is only going to be their second match. And um, they met the first time at the U.S. Open uh, a couple months ago now. And uh, Alan Vera pinned Timothy Young 6-0. So hard to say. Uh, so, you know, Vera is the – he was the U.S. Open – uh, I don't think it says he's the winner. Uh, score at the time of the pin was 4-0. Uh, but Young, who... Oh, he wrestled that old Dominion before it dropped, unfortunately. Former U-20 World uh, team member, the third at the U.S. Open. That's another so, one of those situations where it's like, oh, you had a successful program and you dropped it. And the, know, and the guy and the guy that you dropped is uh, competing for the world team. Now, don't you look foolish? So I don't know. Kind of hard to kind of hard to say how this will go because obviously they've only met once. But uh, Alan Vera did it in dominating fashion. What do you think we have as far as this is concerned, Vera or Young? Um. I am going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Vera, but Young could make adjustments and make it more competitive match. So I'm not going to be surprised if the next one's more com uh, competitive, but I'm going to go with the slight edge for Vera. I'm going to say three, uh, three matches. Yeah, I think three matches for Vera is what will happen here. So then we've got Alejandro Sancho versus Alston Nutter and Sancho has won both match, both of their meetups uh, and they both met each other within the past year so it's not like there's any um, time in between matches so the World Team Trials is from last year Sancho won that 6-5 and then at the US Open Sancho won again 6-5 so same scores, but uh, Sancho was on the 2020 Olympic team, so he knows his stuff. Uh, another, it looks like a U23 world team member, 
He was a U20 World Bronze Medalist. Uh, but, you know, still... Uh, looks like Contro still might have the advantage here. But obviously, Nutter could come back. I mean, not like he's being dominated. He's losing these close matches to Sancho. Probably for me, I'd have to, I might give the edge to Sancho here, and, but I and I think it might be a two match advantage. What would you say uh, about this? I'm gonna give the slightest to to um, Sancho as well. So then we've got. Uh, our fourth Greco match, Dalton Roberts versus uh, Ildar Hakazov. And uh, now they're all they've army. Got, yep, they've got quite a series going on here. And if I'm looking at the series, it looks like Roberts has the advantage over Hakazov. You know, uh, but... something interesting I should note, just, you know, with the army, um, well, with the military in general, you know, the Marines used to be no more well-known for their wrestling presence on the um world team and i wonder but army was always a close second i wonder what happened that kind of where the marine it's you you didn't see any marines mm -hmm. no not in not in not at the national tournament yeah you didn't see any at the national mm -hmm. do we even see anyone from like air force or navy not really like they both of those branches used to have a presence as well, so it's just like it's it's just all army right now in in uh, um, national wrestling. Mm -hmm. So Roberts has the advantage, um, but I should note that even though they've wrestled seven matches, um, two of, two of those six of those matches happen to be at the World Team Trials, and in both of these cases, it was a both series ended up two to one, which means that Hakazov would take a match. But remind me, these are U.S. Army guys, right? Both of them. Yes, they're both. I US wonder Army. if I wonder if they're if the two um um world team two to ones was because of the fact that they're probably training partners. If they're on the Army team, they train together. It just seems that Roberts does slightly better. I'm going to give this one to Roberts, and just as it's been going, I'm going to say it's going to go um, uh, three matches. Yeah. I mean, half, half seems to somehow score a win, but it's just not enough when it counts. You just cannot score that second match to put things away. So, we'll see. Um, 97, this is the only Greco um, weight class with a final X opponent. So, and that's D'Angelo Hancock, uh, and he's facing off against Braxton Amos, or Amos. Um, looking at how things went, uh, Hancock tech called Amos. 8-0 both times, which means he probably got a, I would probably say it was four, four, four point throws. Um, Amos hasn't seemed to have a chance here. Um, I don't know, what do you think, Matthew? I'm going to give it to Hancock. He's a world medalist. He's, um, 
he's the final X opponent, and he just has seems to have more um, experience. So I'm gonna say that it's uh, it's um, Hancock. Let's move on to the women's really quick. Let's see how they're doing. And uh, this is the men's preview. Oh, sorry. To the women first. So we've got at seventy-two kilos, Skylar Bro versus Amit Eller, and they have not wrestled each other at all. So what do we have? Uh, Amit Elor is a U17 and U20 world champion, so she's got, she does have uh, U.S. team member experience, plus, you know, she's won uh, on the world stage. So, how about Rose? So, she competed at Brock University in Canada. Okay, so there's our second Canadian school, um, as far as wrestling is concerned, and she won college national titles, and, uh, she was the U.S. Open runner-up in 2020. But it looks like she's never been on the world stage. So, with that being said, Matthew, do you think that um, Amit Elor might have the advantage in terms of her experience, um, you know, having been on the world stage with U17, U20, um, and even being a world champion yeah just because of the fact that she has that experience i'm gonna give her the slight advantage because we don't we don't necessarily know because you could have all that experience and then just uh, you know wrestle someone that's that's you know just a bad matchup for you it's like you and i have both been in those situations before so i'm gonna say Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Elor by slight advantage. I'm expecting this to go three matches. Yeah, I would have to say same thing, three matches. Um, no matter what happens, um, either 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 woman winning, this is going to be their first senior uh, U.S. team representation. So then we'll go down to Felicity uh, Taylor versus uh, Dominic Parrish. And again, another weight class with no history between them. So, you know, we could, and I think if we were to determine, you know, if we were to have to guess to see who's going to win uh, between the two. So, uh, Parrish has a U.S. Open title. Uh, she won it in 2019, and she placed third at the Olympic team trial. Uh, she's made three U.S. world teams. Uh, doesn't look like she has any medals uh, to, uh, uh, you know, put herself uh, in a reasonably better position than Taylor. Uh, she did wrestle at Simon Fraser University, and she did win the WCWA national title twice. And uh, she also won the 2022 Pan American uh, title. So she did. Um, prior to wrestling Final X a few years back, she placed second in the national team. So, Felicity Taylor, she has made the finals for NCWWC College Nationals uh, three times. She won the title in 2021, placed second in 2020 and 2022. So, she placed at the U.S. Open in 2019 uh, and she did win the 
U.S. Open seniors and the U23 national title. So, you know, a little bit on the younger side. And um, so, I don't know, Matthew, this could be a toss-up. This really could be a toss-up, I think. Kind of hard to predict this one, especially when there's no history between the two. I'd, I'd say so. I'd say this is pretty close. They have similar experience on all the major levels. They haven't faced each other, so I'd 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 be willing to say that it's probably gonna go it's 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 very close. So I'd I'd say that it there's it's um Yeah, it's it's probably it's it's gonna be a close I'd say it's gonna be a close one, but like I said, it might go another direction. So I'll 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 go out and kind of bold. I'm going to say, uh, you know, and I'm not going to predict who's going to win, but I'm going to say that this will probably go to match. I think, you know, whoever, someone, someone is going to be really strong-minded in this case. So I think whoever, whichever girl wins this one, I think she's going to do it. You sounded like, you sounded like someone in, um, uh, playing Clue. <laughs> <laughs> I suspect <laughs> it's going to be Felicity Taylor with the rope in the dining room. <laughs> so, we have our, our third, third final X. Uh, Kayla Miracle versus Jennifer Rogers. And Kayla Miracle is the one who accepted her final X spot. Uh, she won the silver medal at the World Championship last year. Uh, she did appear at the Tokyo Olympics, so she's Got that, uh, Jennifer Rogers? What does she have? Uh, now I wonder why she was able to win a silver in a larger bracket and not win a medal in a smaller you know, bracket. Sometimes, sometimes you have an off tournament. I mean, look at what happened to Burroughs. Burroughs won the 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 Olympic, you know, the Olympic medal. Uh, I think in 2012, right? But then when he went to the the 2016 Olympics, he was not able to. He, he got taken out in the first round. No, that's certainly true. Sometimes you're just going to have, sometimes you're just going to have a bad tournament. You know, it is what it is. Um, this is Rogers, true. Uh, is, let me see here. She won an age group world medal, and she's also won a number of U.S. Open titles. And it says here she has been kind of running into injuries recently. So uh, they did actually compete at the U.S. Open against each other in the finals. So Miracle had already qualified for Final X, didn't need to compete, but she went out there and wrestled anyway. And then she also wrestled at the Pan Am. And, and Matthew, look at the results of what happened at the, at the U.S. Open. 18 uh, seconds. 18 seconds. And their their uh, first their first meeting back was seven years prior. She was still dominant then. She teched her. So Matthew, I think this probably goes without saying. Miracle. Yeah, miracle. Yeah, it's just. I, I think that's it's like we 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 can it's like at any point we could say that a pin is a fluke. This ain't a fluke. <laughs> no, it's not. 
We're talking about a silver gold medalist. She beat her. She beat her once before, and then she beat her again. This ain't no fluke. I'm gonna say Kayla Miracle in two matches. You have two matches. I, I'm. I agree with you there. Okay. So Sarah Hildebrandt. She was. She accepted the uh, final X spot. There's only one match between them, and it happened in November of 2020. Hildebrandt text Alyssa Lamp 12 to 1. So um, Hildebrandt, she is she's a world and Olympic medalist. Uh, and, uh, you know, hard to say. Wisconsin RTC under, that must, that has to be another one of those, um, uh, um, events. Probably. Cause yeah, Wisconsin RTC, neither of those, neither of them are from Wisconsin. Right. I'm not. Now. That's one of those. Seem to build up a lamp, though. Um, and uh, well, you can talk about her credentials all you want. It's not going to change the fact that she lost to to uh, Hildebrand, and Hildebrand's you know got everything going for her. She's a two time uh, she's a two time world champion. Well, well, world medalist. Lamp, lamp does have world medal experience. Well, she took her medals in 2012 and 2013. So, you know, but she has come out again. She is really trying to push herself. Um, But, you know, I think Hildebrand is the younger, definitely the younger wrestler right now. Uh, But she's got, you know, time is a little bit more kinder to her. Excuse me. In terms of just you know how your your body can function and you know how fast you can be and how strong you can be, uh, so forth. Yeah, um, the, you know I, I um I've heard about athletes and I've read obviously I've read about athletes and aging. One of the last things to go is your power, not your speed. Your power, your speed goes first. Your speed is one of the first things that goes first. So. Lamp could try. It's you know. It's like it's one of those things where she might be a more powerful wrestler, but if she's not the faster wrestler in this case, then that's very very. True. I think this. I think I. I call Hildebrand. It's like you. You could talk about everything she's done in the past. She's the old. It's like. We've seen what happens. It's it's very rare to see an older wrestler try to try to pull something off if, if, if they're not already the dominant well, yeah, person. I mean, you know, Kale did the same thing. You know, Kale, hey, he came out of retirement. It was kind of surprising, but you know, when when you've been out of the when you've been out of the scene for a while, it's very hard to come back and be able to do stuff. Yeah, especially when you've got newer newer people on the on you know. You got got younger, more powerful people than you. So no disrespect to Lamb, but yeah, I think Hildebrand has more going for her right now. So we'll see. And um, I, I almost have, you know, and I don't know how big Alyssa Lamp is, but you know, when you're a lot older, it's harder to get the weight down too. Yeah, that's another thing. 
him. So I'm very sure she is really putting in a lot because 50 kilos, that's nothing to laugh at in terms of, you know, weight class. Um, you know, I mean, she's made it this far. She did qualify. You know, she won the, the um, so hopefully, hopefully the weight cutting is not getting to her also. If she's made it this far, that's probably not the problem. She's made it. She's made it to the final X. I don't think weight cutting is the problem. All right, um, and I think this is going to be the last women's match. Marulis. Ah. Hedrick. So, um, I'm calling it Marulis. I'm calling it Marulis. I think without a doubt. I'm kind of curious about She's health wrestler for the world team. What in the world did that mean? Wait, what? Uh, it, the the results back in 2018. Special wrestler for the world team. It didn't matter, but I'm interested to see what 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 exactly did that mean? I wonder if that was when she was coming back from an injury and they were giving her some kind of special um, tryout, mm-hmm. like uh, like to, the, like the end here. They're saying you know Marlis's challenges with injury and concussions. A world documentary, and um, but I think she's healthy right now. I really do think she's healthy right now. So she won the bro- she won she won the bronze at the Olympics. She did well at the. World Championship, so I'm willing this to... Is, this, the thing I highlighted here is nothing to laugh at, too. She's the, she's the first U.S. woman to win two Olympic wrestling medals. Think about that. It took until 2021, you know, to get this far as far as women's wrestling has gone for the U.S. And I think, that, I think that's more a testament as to how tough it is out there for... Women's wrestling? Yeah, women's wrestling. Well, let's face it. When, uh, you know, again, this is... I mean, you know, we're... It's, I don't know. Some people might think this is sensitive. Some may not. If you're a member of the wrestling community, you're not. it's not going to be a sensitive topic. Women have a much shorter athletic span than guys do. Guys can last a tad bit longer, but women only have so so short of an amount of time. We see that in sports on a regular basis. Well, that that also might depend on. I mean, yeah, yeah. You see a lot of women; they 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 start off a lot younger than the men. Well, that's and because as how... that's because as we know, women women reach their physical apex a lot sooner than men. Like seeing women, you know, competing in the Olympics in their teens, that's not unheard of. Seeing men compete in their teens is a lot more rare at the Olympics. Especially in wrestling. Yeah, because men, men yeah, because men men peak in their mid to late twenties. Yeah, like like throwing one out there, um, Henry Cejudo winning the Olympic medal at twenty one, that's not that doesn't happen very often. Or, or Kyle Snyder. Yeah. That's the Olympic gold that, at 19. Yeah, that, that does not happen very often. So. It, it, 
Well, I'll throw another one out there. Well, I'll throw another one out there. John Jones was, I think, 22 or 23 when he won the the um, the UFC light heavyweight title. That well, John Jones is an extremely gifted individual. So that yeah, that that doesn't happen very often. It, it it's. And and John Jones is the still the youngest champion. Yeah, but yeah, you just so, you you just yeah you don't see you don't see guys making it. Typically, there are certain exceptions. Certain sports, like I think Michael Phelps made his first Olympics actually was in Athens. That's where he went on his first medal run. His first Olympics was Sydney. Four years earlier, and I don't think he even medaled. I don't even know if he even made it to the finals. But that's that's just an example. Um, another one I'll throw out there. I think Michael Jordan made his first Olympics at age nineteen, but that was in '88. That was the Olympics before they, um, you know, they allowed the the dream team to go that just destroyed everybody. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just not, you just don't see, it's like women, it's, they yeah, they just, they just, they, they typically peak earlier. We do see exceptions, like, I think there's several, there might be a woman in her 30s on the track, uh, team, and then there's, there's, um, this one gal in gymnastics, I think I've seen her in every single gymnastics. I think she's in her 40s. So that's, but that's not, not very common. So, um, yeah, it's just, you, you just don't, you just don't see this normally. All right, well, Marulis, Matthew? Marulis, two matches. Two matches. All right, so let's let's finish with uh, Final X Men's freestyle. Evan Henderson versus Yanni Diakomalis. Now I'll be a little bit biased um, towards Yanni. Um, you really like this kid, don't you? I, I like this kid. You know, I think uh, he's got he's got one more chance to be a four time. He's got a chance to be another four time uh, NCAA champion and uh, that would really put Cornell on the map because then they'd be the only school with multiple four-time champions so um, but you know Henderson could pull something off uh, you know he he has he was at the uh, the world team trials in 2017 placed fourth so you know this is his first final X but I just think uh, you know Yanni's got stuff going for him. He he was on the uh, he was on the U.S. team last year, um, so he was at the World Championships last year. So he's he's got that experience. Hard to say. I'd have to you know, and again, it's it's a little bit of admitted bias. I'm, you know, I'd probably have to give it to Yanni here. Uh, Wondering what you think, though. Um, I'm giving the slight edge to the um. Uh, 
I'm giving a slight edge to the, the defending world team member. That would be Yanni, who is the defending world team member. So definitely, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, then we've got heavyweight Hayden Zilmer versus Nick uh, Jodowski. So, you know, Jodowski won the match, uh, won their only match at Yatsar Dogu 3-0. And uh, I do believe that he has... Uh, uh, Team member experience. He placed second to Gable Steveson at the Olympic Trials last April, and he does have two World Bronze medals. So, um, US Today Wrestling says that Jodowski probably will have the advantage. Zilmer is actually moving up in weight. Uh, he was competing at 97. So, you know, when you're making that jump, uh, it might be hard to make some adjustments right off the bat, don't you think? Um, yeah, when you're moving up from that kind of a weight class, um, you're having to, um, obviously the, the major things that you're dealing with is the fact that um, you're going from being in a weight class where everyone's about the same weight to being in a weight class where if you're cutting down, you're probably at most going to be in the 230s, 240s. And you might have someone who at 125, that's too... What is that, 260 something? It's 265. 265. Yeah, so you might be wrestling someone who has a 20, 30 pound uh, advantage over you. So you've you've got a you're in a situation where you have essentially have to make sure that you're the quicker wrestler. That's what it comes down to. Yep. So we'll have to see what happens. I probably would give it to Jadowski. And based on the fact that they've only wrestled one match, though, uh, hard to say. But I think this might be this could go three matches. Slight uh, edge to J- slight edge to Jadowski. I agree. It could go three matches. So then we've got Kyle Dake and Jason Knoll. So two guys, you know, two guys whose names we know pretty well. Uh, Dake, obviously, the more known, you know, guy whose name goes up a lot more, obviously, because of his first his NCAA achievements. But then he also he does have. Um, world gold medals. He took bronze at the Olympics last year. Uh, you know, Nolf, he was he was uh, at Penn State uh, and, uh, you know, had success there. Um, he has been on the national team, uh, but uh, according to the article, he's never been on the senior world team. So, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say uh, I think Dake, I think Dake is still pretty hungry, you know, just by the fact that he, you know, he, he'd been wrestling against Burroughs all those years and then finally unseated Burroughs for the Olympic spot. Um, you know, I think Dake still, you know, uses that as 
motivation, I think, to just keep going. Even though he took bronze, you know, he did after that, uh, you know, qualifying himself based on, you know, having these world gold medals to get into the spot for trying to be on the world team this year. So let's see all that's happened between the two. And it's it's been dates all the way, um, although they wrestled each other last year. So they didn't they haven't wrestled each other since then. Um, the world the Olympic team trials, Jake Tech Null eleven zero. And even before that he won five zero. So you know I think probably no disrespect to Nolf, but I, I would have to give the edge to Jake here, unless Nolf has really been putting something up that he could try to upset Jake with. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with some um, uh, Dake. Dake. And I would probably say Dake takes this one too. Yeah, uh, he's just a dominant wrestler right now, and he's just, yeah, he's just winning. So I, I think, yeah, he's gonna do it. All right, Burroughs versus Chance Marsteller. Um, so. Marsteller, uh, he defeated Vincenzo Joseph uh, in a best two out of three at the World Team Trials Challenge Tournament. And uh, so what does Marsteller have going for him? Well, he won the Bill Farrell um, Memorial Tournament, and that qualified him for the, for the World Team Trials. And then he placed fifth at the U.S. Open, uh, and then won the Challenge Tournament. So, how does that translate to him wrestling Burroughs? So, they did wrestle each other at the Yasar Dogu, but Burroughs uh, defeated Marsteller 8-0. Before that, they had wrestled at the World Team Trials last year, Burroughs defeated Marsteller 4-1, and apparently, if I'm looking at this article correctly, Marsteller only scored on Burroughs because he got him on the shot clock for captivity. So, that means that, aside from that, Marsteller really hasn't been able to get anything offensively against Burroughs. It is his first Final X appearance, but, you know, Burroughs, reigning world champion, Olympic champion, and, uh, you know, trying to, and it says here, trying to make his ninth senior world team. He's also never lost at the Pan Am. Um, uh, what do you think, Matthew? Well, something I'm, I think is interesting, uh, that little comment currently tied with John Smith and Adeline Gray with six world or Olympic titles. Burroughs is the reigning world champion as the weight class. Uh, <laughs> that's that. Um, there's a reason John Smith is essentially the most successful, um, international wrestler the U.S. has ever had. Yeah, that that yeah, it's, it's just that's that that's a legendary short list of people, and mm-hmm. for Jordan Burroughs to potentially. He's at the cusp of essentially becoming our greatest international wrestler ever. 
So, um, I mean, what can I say? It's just, it's, you know, this, he's, he's, he's the best Yeah. at this weight class. I mean, he lost the Dake, but at this weight class, he's, he's the best. So I, it's Burroughs too. No, no, there's just, 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 just. I think Burroughs, Burroughs still has things to prove. Yes. That's why he's doing this. That's why he keeps doing it. So, we'll see. Like, like, hypothetically speaking, if he were to win this, he would, it, it, he wins this, and then he goes to world championships, win this, wins this medal, he is without a doubt. It's like, statistically, no doubt. He's the, regardless of whether he beats Dake for the next Olympics, he is the best if he wins this next medal. Well, and he's got, he's got something that Dave doesn't have. He's got that Olympic gold. Yeah. He, yeah, he's got, it's like, yeah, he wins this medal. He has nothing left to prove. Well, I think, I know. Uh, well, because he, he does plan on challenging Dave um, in 2020. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he, he wants that last outing with Dave. Yeah. So, we'll see. Last match before we close up for, for the day. Uh, um, David Taylor versus Zahid Valencia. Zahid. Uh, David, it says David Taylor is the only 2020 Olympic champion at this event. Uh, he has world gold at 2018, world silver in 2021. Um, he lost to Iran's Hassan Yazani. He had beaten Yazani previously at the Olympics. You know, I, so, you know, something I would, you know, so here's a very interesting thing. So, um, there's two nations that have this history of traditional folk wrestling that's unique to their nations. Um, aside from the U.S., we have American folk style, but. Iran has their own I, I can't remember what specifically the name of it, of it is but they Iran has its own Mongolia has their own and you know the results of it they have the the greatest professional sumo rikishi of all time is a Mongolian so that just goes to show that potential but I think the reason why Iran is so good at wrestling is because they like Americans they grow up in their own style of wrestling and that carries over into freestyle and Greco but I just I just went off on a tangent but I just felt like mentioning that with with um you know you had a, an Iranian well, that's it I didn't know I did not know that you know maybe that might be some, maybe if if I'm able to find results, maybe that might be something to add to the to the to the new stat site that I'm where I'm, I'm hoping to build. Um, both wrestlers have two NCAA titles to their name, uh, but again, and uh, Valencia uh, won the Pan Taylor Am Championships. Is, Taylor is a um, kale uh, people. That's right. Taylor is a kale. Um, Protégé. Oh, but Zahid, coming from Arizona State, is a pupil of another coach 
who learned under Bobby Douglas. Mm -hmm. It's it, it's very interesting the coaching tree we have here. We have Kale and we have Zeke Jones, both of whom wrestled under Bobby Douglas. And we have two guys who wrestled under two coaches. It's very interesting when you see these learning trees. Yeah. Definitely. So and of course we're we're biased. I don't have any bias in this one, to be honest. Yeah, yeah it's, I, I, I have I have no dog in this fight. Yeah, I, well, it's like it's like we like Saeed because he's from California. We like Taylor because he's from Penn State. So that's kind of why we both like these guys equally, and we don't we aren't really biased one way or the other. We just want to see the best guys win. I think it'll be interesting. I think this will be a three-match event. Yeah, no results. Taylor is returning. Yeah, no, there's no meetings between them. I would, I would probably though, I would give this to Taylor. Yeah, based on what's happening, I'm very sure Zahid will probably make some noise. I would still probably give it to Taylor, but I do think this will be a full three-match series. Zahid. So that's my thoughts on it. You know, there's there's always a name behind, there's always a meaning behind the name. I wonder what that the meaning mean behind Zaheed is. That's a good question. I'm. Cause that's not even that's not even a common Spanish name. I mean, Zaheed's had. I haven't heard of too many Zaheeds. Um, and his brother is Anthony. <laughs> So, you know. I forgot whose who little brother? I don't who's remember what brother? I don't remember what the little brother is called. It's it's more of a common name. You know, there's there's a very very simple way of doing this. Yeah, that's true. So, with that being said, Matthew, um, I think before we close okay. it out. Um, here's the he is a male given name particularly popular in several Asia. Arabic. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Do, do 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 we know if I know that there was uh, an Arabian diaspora and a bunch of Arabs went to South America, which is why Shakira and Soma Hayek are actually of Arabic descent. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. They're known Hispanic. They're known Hispanic people, but they come from they they have second or third generation uh, Arabic. Huh. It's actually why um uh, um what's her name um that's actually that's actually where Shakira got her uh, her ridiculous hip belly dancing from. Oh. Okay. Um. So one thing I, I wanted to add before we close out for today, Matthew. So I was I was watching a um, an interesting video um, from Clay Travis, who's a uh, he's more known to be a sports commentator for um, Outkick, uh, although he does do political commentary as well. But I think the thing that I found most interesting was um, him talking about so his. Son was playing in a in a little league game, and, a, and I guess they call this like a traveling travel ball or something like this, and it was some yeah, tournament. Yeah, travel ball nowadays. 
and um, he was having he was having a beef with the the umpire, who in his mind was making questionable calls. And now, now is 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 he a coach on his son's? Team no, he was he, he was just... a spectator. He was a spectator. Um, you know, and he's saying stuff like, you know, the kids were getting called out for interference or the kids, you know, they were throwing their bats in a, in an unprofessional manner. So the umpire was calling them out and, uh, you know, just kind of things like that. And, um, kind of made me question. It's like, well, okay, does how, how well does he know the rules versus the umpire knowing the rules? And, Obviously, there's going to be good and bad sports officials, sports referees, umpires, you, you name it. You know, even even I will admit to having made some bad calls in the past. There was a time, there was a there was one time I even walked up to a coach after the match cuz I was going over it in my head and like, you know, I made the wrong call on that. I should not have called it a certain way. I mean, his kid was losing anyway, but, you know, he he had a beef with how I made a certain call, and so I go up to him, I say, you know what, I made the wrong call, I'm sorry. And, um, so, you know, it's like, well, so, anyway, after his son got called, and this his son is 11 years old, his son gets called out, and, and Clay, like, starts heckling and cussing out the uh, the umpire and the umpire hears it and he knows it was clay travis that made the made those comments and all that and he throws him out and uh, and at least according to clay he's claiming that the umpire said i don't care you know how popular you are and stuff if you want to say it on your radio show if you want to talk about me on your radio show go ahead and the thing was that I saw a lot of a lot of the comments on this video was kind of against Clay. It's like, well, you know, you were in the wrong first for cussing out the umpire, and uh, I think you would you would know. Like, remember that one time you tried to um, officiate wrestling, and you had some coaches they really got on you. Remember that? Uh, it happened a long time there, ago. There's a reason why I decided not yeah. to. Yeah. To it, you know. I was just like, I was just, and I was thinking, well, if you don't like it, why don't you got you That's, have your guys officiating? I'm officiating because you guys, your guys are not willing to officiate. Yeah, you know, um, I. Do you I, remember when we were? Do you remember how we were doing that? It's like you and I were just going around from tournament to tournament, and we're we're officiating. Yeah, we're we're officiating, and we're well. I don't know if you were you wrestling. I was wrestling. I think we both would go out there wrestle and officiate. Yeah, that's Although what I, we would do. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how they... Yeah, so... Yeah, so I don't know if... Um, I don't know how they did it back in... Um, uh, um, what's it called? I don't know how they did it in... Uh, I don't know if they still do this at the USA Wrestling Tournament, but... Way back in the day, it was, you know, they would, if they could get guys to, um, to, if they couldn't get their own guys to officiate, they would accept 
other guys to go out there and officiate. I remember one or two times seeing kids at like in middle school who were like officiating. Mm-hmm. This kid barely knows the rules. How do you make him officiate? And so, uh, but yeah, they would just accept guys, and of course we stepped up when we were just like, oh, we know enough about the rules. We'll go out there and and, uh, and officiate. Yeah. So yeah, we'd go out there and they uh, they. I forget how much they pay us. Some, I think, wasn't there a time that someone, like, slipped us 50 bucks or something like that? Yeah, Lawson, Lawson used to pay the best. He would give us, like, 80 bucks for... Oh, yeah. He, he, he was very nice. Cross, Cross only gave us 20. We stayed, like, that whole day, and he only gave us $20. I remember that. <laughs> 